Bonnie. Thank you so much for joining us. The band are just going to disappear from behind me. This is the part where we would normally say, you know, turn around and say hello to someone. If you're in a house with someone, please do that. I'm just going to grab a drink. My name is uh, Dan. I'm part of the leadership team here at, at Jubilee, and it's great to have you with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for encouraging us as you've been sharing what God has been doing in your life. And this morning, I want to tell you about a man uh, named Admiral James Stockdale. Um, he served in the U.S. Navy between uh, 1943 until uh, 1979, and um, on the uh, 9th of September 1965, um, during the Vietnam War, James Stockdale was uh, was flying in his plane uh, and across Vietnam, and he was hit by enemy fire, and his plane was taken out of the sky. It, it, he, he parachuted out of his plane, and he landed in a, in a small village where he was uh, severely beaten up and uh, taken prisoner. He is then held in a, a prisoner of war camp for the next seven and a half years, but due to his uh, high rank, he uh, was subject to the, the, a major focus on him was on punishment. He was routinely tortured, he was routinely beaten, uh, a lot more than some of the other prisoners. He uh, leaves this camp, and uh, many years later, um, Stockdale was interviewed by uh, an American uh, business expert called Jim Collins. Some of you may have heard of his really famous business book called uh, Good to Great. And he was asked about his, the, the, personal, the, characteristics, the personal characteristics of the prisoners who did not make it out of the camp like him. And this was his response in the interview. He says, the optimists, he replied. Oh, they were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and Christmas would go. And then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter. And Easter would come, and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again, and they died of a broken heart. This is an important lesson. You must never confuse faith that will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever that might be. I always look forward to the first uh, Sunday of the year. We have something called uh, Vision Sunday as we look at the, the year to come and what God is calling us to, a chance to be excited again about God's purposes. And then 2020 came, and I don't need to tell you about the events of this last year, um, but then I looked at how can we have a, you know, a Vision Sunday after the year that's just been? Are we being like those blind optimistics that Stockdale describes in the prisoner, uh, prisoner of war camp? Yeah, I totally connect with this comment about the optimistics died of a broken heart. You know, we went into lockdown, and I, I, if you were close to me, you will know I was, I was in the camp of, by June, it'll be okay. And then June came, and I said, okay, by July, everything will be all right. And then it was, okay, well, maybe it's going to go on a little bit longer. By September, and we'll be back to normal. Then September came and went. And then, I don't know if you were like me, but I really struggled going back into lockdown in November. Man, that was a, a tough month. I felt so uh, disheartened. I don't know if anyone else found November really hard. And there was a feeling of, oh, I'm dying from a broken heart. My optimism at times ignored the brutal facts of the current reality, probably not helped with a whole lot of 
uh, contrary news as well, and social media feeds. But so today's the, is still Vision Sunday. The aim is not to ignore the brutal facts of where we are right now. It's not to provide a roadmap out of this. I think we've had plenty of those roadmaps written in the last few months. It's not to make assurances by, that by the summer we're going to be doing this, this, and this. Instead, I want to share three words that I feel God gave me during uh, just before Christmas. I was out running, and I really felt God gave me three words that he wants us to live with uh, as, we, uh, as we move forward into this next year as a church, and that we are to focus our energy on. These words are re-engaging, revitalizing, and reinvesting. As Stockdale says, we must never confuse faith that will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with a discipline to confront the most brutal facts of the current reality, whatever they might be. Today, I want us to have faith in who God is. Sue reminded us this morning of that, of who God is. I want us to have faith and be reminded of what he is doing, as you've all been doing, as you've been sharing on social media feeds about what he's been doing over this last year. But I also want us to be honest about whatever the reality looks like for each of us this morning. And so just to warn you, this morning is not a preach as we normally would do at Jubilee. If you're new to us, then uh, we, we preach through the Bible every week uh, in our Sunday services. We prioritize scripture in our growth groups and through discipleship. But today is something a little bit different. And if you are watching um, today, and Jubilee is not your home church, you've just tuned in and you're looking for a, you know, a really a, a big preach or something, feel free to to, there's plenty of other churches meeting this morning. Feel free to log off. I will not be offended if the numbers suddenly drop. Uh, feel free to go and watch a preach somewhere else. That's okay. But if you are uh, thinking about making Jubilee your home church, if you are or want to know more about us, then I would encourage you to stay switched on because I feel like these three words are going to be key for us as we move forward. First word, re-engage. It seems uh, so long ago, um, but it, you might remember that first weekend that churches moved online and there was some media reports. I think there was a, a really key one. I think it was maybe in the Guardian or the Telegraph, something. There was, a, there was a report about this huge rise in the number of people watching church online. ITV in their evening news on the Sunday night, they did a live, they did a, an article about how churches were seeing a rise in people attending. And there was this general feel that COVID-19 was going to give the church the chance to reach a whole load of new people who wouldn't normally walk through their doors. I also had many conversations with, with church members around this time, and there was just a general excitement about the opportunity that COVID-19 presented for spiritual growth. You know, not having to go to, to work or working from home and a bit more time, nothing to do in the evening. Man, there's going to be so much time to pray, read scripture, listen to podcasts and great teaching. And as time went on, and it happened for some of us quicker than others, the novelty wore off. If you were working from home, then you just wanted to sleep when you got to the end of the day. You wanted to you know, watch a box set, go for your one walk a day. Do you remember that? Wow, that's crazy. That actually happened. Uh, and suddenly we realized that without deeply ingrained habits, we don't naturally default to prayer. You know, we sign up for a growth group, but then come 7.30 on a Wednesday night, we want to be anywhere but Zoom. Um, we, we start to you know, meet neighbours every Thursday when we clap for the NHS. We start to get really excited about these missional opportunities that he's going to present to us. And then it's January now, 
And we haven't actually spoken to our neighbours since Captain Tom did his last lap around the garden. We, we do the whole church online thing, and we quite enjoy pyjamas and getting up at 10.28. Um, I don't know if you're one of those people or still are one of those people watching your pyjamas now. You know, you enjoyed that break from serving on a rotor. But then three months in, you don't really want to do church online. You know, six months in, and you're, you've got church on in the background while you're making dinner. Um, and then nine months in, and you're actually catching up on a Friday night when you've run out of things to watch. Hello, if that's you. Maybe, that's, maybe it's just me. Maybe that's just my, the things that have happened to me in lockdown. Maybe you have thrived during lockdown, and, and I'm, I'm delighted for you. But I know for many of us in our church family, we have not. There are those of us today who are feeling incredibly spiritually dry. There are those who are feeling cut off and disconnected from church family. Those who are feeling totally forgotten about this morning. There are those who have disengaged with church. They won't even be watching this morning. They're considering whether to even come back to Jubilee post-lockdown. So what does re-engaging mean for us as a church? Well, firstly, re-engaging means with the, our church family who have drifted from us. That may be uh, physically, as we haven't been able to engage what we're normally doing. It may be spiritually disengaged from God, or it may be from relationally disengaging with each other. We want to be a family at Jubilee. The church talks about, uh, the, the Bible talks about the church being a family. We don't believe in one-man ministry. We believe we each have a role to play. If, we, if you need to engage with God, with church activities, with uh, church family, then we need to take responsibility. Make a decision today at the start of this new year that you're going to go for it again. This is not a time for testing the church. This is not a time for digging your heels in, saying, well, let's see how long it is until people notice that I'm not around. Or let's, you know, let, I'm going to wait until they contact me. Let's be humble. Let's have soft hearts. But also for those of us who are still engaged with church, it is our role to help others re-engage. How can you reach out to others and check on them today? Who could you invest your time in this year to help people spiritually grow in their faith? We re-engage with our activities. And then as we come together as family, we re-engage with our call as the people of God. Ephesians uh, 3 verse 10 says, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. We are God's people. And through the church, God's wisdom is made known to the earth. We were made to be in community. The church is God's one and only plan. There is no plan B. This is it. This is God's plan. It's you and I. If you have found 2020 to be a spiritual high, then I'm pleased for you. But I think for all of us, there should be this sense of loss from being together. Online stuff has been so important, but it's not the same as being together. And if you have really enjoyed being away from church community, then I would just ask you this morning to consider why that is. Yes, celebrate what God has done in 2020, but make sure that 2021 is an even better year for spiritual growth, and that happens in community. We were never meant to be people who would thrive in isolation. 
You know, next Sunday, we're going to begin a, a preaching series where we're going to look at Jesus' teachings on the, um, in the, that we find in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. And I think as we learn from Jesus, we will be given a picture of what it looks like to live out the kingdom in community. So as we engage with each other, as we engage with our call as God's people, thirdly, we get to engage with our presence in the city. You know, since lockdown began, we have continued to serve our city. We have worked with the homeless. We have fed the hungry. We have served the asylum-seeking community. We have uh, taught struggling uh, children. We have done so much, but not to the scale that we would normally do. This hasn't been a, a strategic decision, but just the fact is that because of government restrictions, some activities had to stop. Our doors had to be closed at certain points. We weren't able to do what we would normally do in this building or up on North Pole. You know, we have tried to keep in contact with people, but we have to be honest and say that for some of the people we work with, uh, we have lost contact. For them, it seems like the church's doors have been closed. So re-engaging is going to mean uh, we need to look at how we serve our city, to re-engage with those people, those organizations that we work with, especially with our work as at Jubilee Life College, but also for each of, us, each of us individually, we need to look at the relationships we're in. Who do we need to re-engage with? Looking at those relationships that we have in our city. Who are those friends, those work colleagues, those neighbors that we have been reaching out to? That we, need to, that we have been trying to be intentional with showing the love of Jesus to? Some of those relationships may have changed due to COVID, but how can we re-engage with those people again? Re-engage. The second word I want us to live with is the word revitalize. Revitalize means to give something new life. I want you to think of taking a deep breath of new life in. As a church, we need to make sure that we revitalize this year. As I've reflected on the last year, we want to celebrate what God's done, but I think one of the words that keeps coming back to me is loss. Now, on a personal level, uh, 2020 was an incredibly memorable year for a wonderful reason, because in October, we welcomed our daughter into the world. It was one of the, the greatest days of my life so far. But even in the midst of joy, I've had to live with loss. Now, that might seem strange, but there has been that feeling of the loss of being able to go to scans and, uh, and appointments before she was born. Being, the loss of being able to introduce her to family to have visitors over to our house. The loss of being able to see her being cuddled by people other than me and Rachel. The loss of not being able to take her to baby groups. Now, I'm incredibly privileged to have a child. I realize that, and I'm, I hope you don't see me sharing those things as insensitive, but I'm sharing them because no matter how big or small your losses are, we must be people who grieve well if we're going to be people who move forward into new life. This year has seen losses for everybody. We have people amongst us who have lost family members. We have people who have lost jobs. We have people who have split up with partners. We have people who have had weddings cancelled and holidays cancelled and missed key birthdays and celebrations. We've had to all live with the loss of church gatherings and being family together. We don't compare our losses, but we make space to grieve. And Brent Curtis is a, a Christian writer, and he speaks of loss in his book, The Sacred Romance. And it's a, it's a long quote, but I think in many ways it summarizes how many of us feel, and hopefully it's going to come up on your screen uh, now. 
If there is any word that summarizes well our pain, it is the word loss. We have lost so much. Sometimes it feels as if life is just one series of losses. When we were born, we lost the safety of the womb. When we went to school, we lost the security of our family. When we got our first job, we lost the freedom of our youth. When we got married, we lost the joy of many options. And when we grew old, we lost our good looks, our old friends, or our fame. When we became weak or ill, we lost our physical independence. And when we, and when we died, we lose it all. And these losses are part of ordinary life. The losses that settle themselves deeply in our hearts and our minds are the losses of intimacy through separation. The loss of safety through violence, the loss of innocence through youth, the loss of friends through betrayal, the loss of love through abandonment, the loss of home through war, the loss of well-being through hunger, the loss of children through illness or accident, the loss of country through political upheaval, the loss of life through earthquakes, floods, plane crashes, bombings and diseases. Instead, Instead, our dealings with the arrows, we silence the longing. That seems to be our only hope and so we lose heart. If we deny the wounds and try and, try and minimize them, or de- we deny part of our heart and end up living with a shallow optimism that frequently becomes a demand that the world is a better than it is. On the other hand, if we embrace those arrows as the final word of life, we despair, which is another way to lose your heart. How do we deal with the losses of life? Do we ignore them? Do we silence the longing of our hearts, as Brent Curtis says? Or do we take those losses on and live in a constant despair? But there is another way to deal with losses. The only way to save our hearts from the losses we face is to be people who grieve well. If we don't grieve well, then we will never let go of the losses and it will stop us fully embracing what God has for us in the present and in the future. This isn't counseling. There is absolute need for professional help in dealing with trauma from the past. We have wonderful counsellors that we work with. We have a wonderful counsellor who's part of our team. But what I'm talking about here is what Jesus describes in Matthew 5, where he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus doesn't avoid, avoid mourning his loss. We see him withdraw from his disciples and his crowds in Matthew 14 when he hears that John the Baptist has been killed and we see him withdrawing to mourn the loss. Grieving well in this season for us is about processing the disappointments and the losses of this year. It's not about blindly ignoring your emotions and feelings today. As people have been writing those comments on the Facebook feed, you might be feeling like, that's not me. I don't, right now I'm not in a place to say this is, yes, thank you, God, you've been amazing. No, this is about us bringing our emotions before God. I'm so comforted when I read the Psalms and just see how many of them are filled with people crying out to God, mourning losses. It is about bringing them before God so he can heal and restore you. Jesus is victorious. The cross demonstrates that, but we also live with the darkness of this world, longing for a return of our king when he will make all things new. We need this theology of power, knowing who God is and what Christ has done, but we also need to have a theology of pain. We need to make space to grieve our losses. It's important we make, but also as we grieve our losses, it's important we make space for forgiveness and reconciliation. You may be carrying such disappointments through the relationships that have deteriorated throughout this year. Those people you thought were close, but you haven't heard from them for months. Let's be proactive in dealing with areas where we need to ask for forgiveness, 
or we need to forgive others. Let's make sure that the past is not going to hinder what God has for us next. We need to deal with the loss of 2020. But as we move forward into 2021, part of revitalizing is then looking forward to what is next. It's about prioritizing discipleship and helping each other thrive in this new world that we're going to live in. For many of us, we've realized that pre-COVID, the way we live was not healthy, that we need to create better rhythms as we move forward. COVID-19 put a huge spotlight on my inability to switch off, my inability to rest well. I realized it was robbing me of the, the joy of being able to spend quality time with my family and friends. It was creating fear and control in my work. It was stopping me from living a healthy lifestyle as it affected my ability to, to exercise and to sleep. What has COVID-19 done? What has it shone a spotlight on in your life this year? Jesus tells us in John 10, verse 10, that he, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This year, we're really going to explore what living life to the full means and what it looks like for us as a church community, how we can thrive as disciples of Jesus in this new world that we are living in. And then if we're going to revitalize, if we, 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 we need to breathe new life into our activities as a church. This is a great chance for us to review what we do as a church. We're not going to return to what, it, what we did before. There are going to be changes because God is going to speak to us afresh about where we are best to place our time and our energy in this season. As we do that, there is going to be a call on each of us to get involved afresh in church life. After a year of most activities not running, we're going to need everybody to step up when it comes to serving. What a great chance to get involved with things for the first time. Or try serving in a different area of church life. Let us all be asking God where we are positioning ourselves this year, in this season, to be used by him. And then be ready to say yes when the opportunity arises. Or even be braver and volunteer before you are even asked. We re-engage, we revitalize, and the final word is reinvest. In many ways, it's felt like life has been on pause. But you know what? The building of Christ's church has not been interrupted. Jesus promises in Matthew 16 that he will be the one who will build his church. It's not on us to do it. It's not on our clever strategies or ideas. He is not reliant on you and I. Jesus says he will build his church. But as we re-engage, as we revitalize, we can also confidently step forward knowing that God is going to use us to advance his kingdom. Therefore, we must reinvest. We're going to reinvest into church planting. Now, we're really excited that um, Freedom Church Hull, uh, our church plant in the north of the city, is going to be launched really soon. On the 31st of January, we're going to have a Sunday praying for them and commissioning them to go as they look at what it's going to look like meeting up in North Hull in this next season. And I, I love, I've asked Josh and Jen, they're going to they just record a video just to share a little bit about some of their journey with this. So, um, over to the video. Hi everyone, we're Josh and Jen and we've been part of Jubilee now for about two and a half years. Um, as some of you will know, in just a few weeks time we're going to be launching Freedom Church Hall in the north of the city and we just really wanted to say a huge thank you to you all for welcoming us so well from, that mo from the moment we arrived. Um, we've just felt so blessed and 
loved by you guys and it's been amazing to be part of such a welcoming family from I think from just Steve and Joe showing us around in the car um, you know like telling us where we could maybe live to that first Sunday when Josh and I were figuring out is this where God was calling us to for the next season and Tim and Keziah came up to us within a couple of minutes of being there and they just welcomed us so well and that has really been our story throughout Jubilee. We've felt so welcomed by you all and it's just been a real privilege to get to know you and spend time with you. And I think it was even before we finished unpacking our um, boxes when we moved that people were inviting us round for meals. So yeah, just thank you so much for being so um, welcoming to us and just for supporting us through this um, journey into planting and for all your prayers. And yeah, we're just so grateful for that. It's been wonderful to be part of a family that has really carried a heart for uh, its city, um, as Jubilee has for Hull, and a heart for the lost and the needy and to see the gospel advance. And uh, one of the things that really made us feel so at home here was uh, your heart for church planting. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jen and I have always felt a call to church planting. And one of the things that really made us realise this is where we were meant to be was Jubilee's vision to see churches planted in the city and across the region and its heart for the nations too. So um, even before we arrived, Jubilee was looking into North Hull and exploring what would it look like to plant a church there and to, to see a new gathering of believers up in the north of the city. And so as we became more and more involved in that work, it really became clear that God was leading us to to take on the leadership of that team and the planting of that new church. And so over this last year or so, Jen and I have been leading that team and working in that direction. And so we, we started by gathering once a month, um, guys who felt called to be part of that team and also people across Jubilee who, who are feeling that call of Jubilee to be part of church planting. Uh, so we were gathering, praying into both North Hull and into the future church plants that Jubilee would be doing. And then obviously COVID struck and lockdown happened. And so some of our plans were thrown uh, out in the way that we expected them to be played out. Um, but we really felt God needing us to continue to, uh, to gather and to pray. And so even in that first lockdown, we started to meet week to week, uh, midweek with the team that were looking to plant. And so we were praying uh, week after week in, over, on Zoom. And those have been fantastic times. Yeah, so like Josh said, although this has been um, in many ways an unexpected year for all of us, it has been so encouraging just to see God's faithfulness still continue. And of course, we know that he just doesn't change. He's a God who, um, yeah, his plans just will prevail. And I think we've had some amazing times of just prayer and worship together as a team. We've even seen people added to us in this time. And one of the... Um, prophecies and the words that just kept coming out was just that this time will still serve to advance the gospel and we've just really seen that as a team where we're feeling really connected and gelled and so ready to um, launch now into North Hall. So now with these last this last run up to us planting into the North of the City Freedom Church launching at the beginning of February we've felt so blessed to be part of a family that is not only cheering us on but is really with us in a very real sense. Um, you know, Jubilee is very much a part of what we're doing in North Hull. And so even whilst we are leaving Jubilee to start something new, we still feel very much part of the vision and that shared family um, that is here. As we look 
to bless our city together and to see the gospel advance together. We are a family of churches. And so it's a real blessing to know that that whilst we we leave Jubilee, we're not disappearing through an airlock. We are still connected deeply and are still in partnership. And so it's wonderful to be able to take that on and to model um, us together, both freedom and Jubilee, that partnership in the gospel that the New Testament calls us to. And so we're really excited about all that's ahead of us, really excited about all that's ahead of you, Jubileers, and, and the two of us, Freedom and Jubilee, as we bless our city and see the gospel advance. So thank you so much. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you soon. We're so excited for Freedom Church and all God is going to do. And as Josh said, there's more to come um, for us, for Freedom Church. We know that uh, this is just the next step in us uh, being a church planting people. God has more in store for us and more of us are going to be involved in church planting both locally and to the nations. And to pre prepare us for that, uh, in April we're going to be uh, launching a church planting training program, uh, part of Reasons Beyond, but Josh is going to be taking a lead on and it's going to be monthly training sessions uh, aiming to equip those feeling uh, called to church planting. And then we're going to spend this time praying out what, does, what is God calling us to next. We're also going to be reinvesting in our community work and our social action. And I'd love us to spend time this year seeking God about what is next for our work in the community. We are involved in so much, but we want to, know, we want to ensure that we're using what God has given us, this building, the resources that we have uh, well. And although we have had uh, a great impact so far, we are not satisfied. We believe more people are going to come to know Jesus as we reach our city. We believe this is, we're just scratching the surface of the salvations that God is wanting, wanting to bring to, to this, into this city and establish his kingdom here. We have also placed on hold our uh, plans, our full view project. If you know our building, the front of our building, we have great plans to turn it into a cafe and then we had to do a rewire and other building works and we've had to put it on hold for a couple of years, but I want to see progress there this year. And so we're going to be really praying this year for provision. We're going to look at strategy to make sure that we can see that a reality in the years to come. And finally, we want to invest in, reinvest in reaching our city. I love being a city centre venue. This is a great building. But I think COVID-19 has highlighted how sometimes in our mindsets we can become a little bit building-centric. We want each person in our congregation, in our family, to be better equipped to serve and reach the city. Our call is to be people who make known Jesus that we would be disciples who would go and make disciples. That is a call for each of us. We are going to be putting on alpha courses so you can invite your friends to and hear about who Jesus is. But we're also going to be looking at how we support growth groups and discipleship methods to support you so that we have many stories of how we have seen people becoming Christians this year. So I would ask you to consider how are you going to re-engage today? Where do you need to re-engage? Where do you need to revitalize? Which, area, which areas in your life do you need to see fresh life being breathed into by God? How are you going to be involved as we reinvest in the work as a church in our city and beyond in the years to come? There is an invitation for each of us. Are we going to embrace what God is doing this year? For those who know me, it's a strange thing to live with, but I've been living with for the last few weeks a quote from 
um, the Fellowship of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings books, which is not my normal thing. Um, but there's this quote which just struck me earlier in the, uh, last month. Frodo is talking about all that is going on with Gandalf, and he says, I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what do we do with the time that is given us? What are we going to do? We can't affect what has been given to us in this season, but what are we gonna, how are we going to respond? What are we going to do with the time that has been given to us? Will we re-engage? Will we revitalize? Will we reinvest? As a church, our vision is built around Isaiah 61. You may know it well, but I just want to read it over us. Remind us again of our call as the people of God. This is what God has called us to. I'm going to read this, and the band are then going to lead us in a song. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness of the, for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness." a planting of the law for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Shepherds will, strangers will shepherd your flock, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. An everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations, their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the people the Lord has blessed. I will delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he clothed me with garments of salvation. He arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the young plant come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations." Heavenly Father, you have called us to a great task. You have adopted us into, our, into your family, yet, and you have called us to this task to make known your name, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. Yet, Lord, you said you were going to go with us. You said you're going to build your church. 
As we look to 2021, Lord, we acknowledge right now that you are so faithful. You were faithful in 2020 and you will be faithful as we go forward from this day. And Lord, we do pray you would build your church. Would you use us this year powerfully to make known your fame in our city and beyond? Lord, I pray where we need to re-engage, would you give us the boldness to do so? Where we need to be revitalized, would you breathe your breath of your spirit onto us today? Where we need to reinvest, would you give us wisdom and a willingness to say yes to your plans and purposes this year? Amen.